Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we uh, we listen to all the records from whatever artist or band that we're doing for this week. And this week we're doing a tribe called Quest. So we're going to rank their six records. But before we do that, we're going get to get into our six degrees with Tom DeLonge. And, uh, and while you're listening, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, give us five stars, go to all, you know, the social media is all at Asinine Radio, so get into that. We have a Discord server, if you want to join that, let us know, we'll send you a link. You can talk shit, harass us, that's what people do. And uh, we also have a phone number you can call, leave us a voicemail, send us a text. The phone number is 503-893-5307, so get into that. Now, Jeff, uh, let's get into the six degrees of Tom DeLonge. What do you got? Did you did you do one? No, I forgot. Oh. I didn't. I just didn't have time. I didn't. I didn't do one either, just because it was it was uh, it was a lot of listening, and there's a lot of fucking words for this a one. A lot of words. Yeah, yeah. Man. So I so I guess we we could skip we, the segment this week. Yeah, we'll be back next week. We're gonna have to skip the segment. We both have nothing. So, dude, next week's gonna be hard knowing that what we're already doing. Oh yeah, no, it'll be super easy. It'll be fun. Yeah. It's stupid. All right, so uh, so like I said, we're gonna rank all six uh, tribe called quest albums. Oy. Starting with their worst, and uh, and then ending with their best, obviously. And we're also going to give our biggest banger from each of them, and go from there. So uh, let's start with you, Jeff. What do you got? Go. All right. So their worst album, which is not even a bad album, but uh, the Love Movement. Love Movement. Love Movement. Movement. <laughs> I don't move it, move it. <laughs> the Love Movement. Their fifth album, 1998. It's it's tough. It's tough to follow up like everything that's before this. It, it's just not fair, honestly. And this one just yeah. falls victim to, to like the ones that came before it. It is better. It's a concept album based around like love and, and it kind of continued the themes and sounds from from beats, rhymes, and life. It, it, again, it's not bad, but like I would never go back to this because everything that came before this is that much better, and. I don't, I don't have anything positive to say about this, but I don't have anything negative to say about this. It was not a bad album by any means, but they did a remix of Scenario, and it was part of like uh, the bonus tracks of this. So like that just, I mean, I guess that kind of tells you how much I like this album. But the remix <laughs> of of uh, Scenario, Scenario is my favorite track because it added like a bunch of other rappers, and it turned into like this cool, I don't know, this cool like party track where everyone's like, kind of cutting each other off and everyone's throwing down rhymes and. I liked it a lot. It was really cool. All right. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So my number six is their sixth record, their last record. We got it from here. Thank you for your service. Uh, this is, you know, they released this after Five Dog had passed away. And uh, Ja Roby had actually come back to the group and was on was featured on a few songs, came back, played live with them as well. And uh, actually had pretty high hopes for this one. But it really kind of fell flat. Like, I was expecting just more of that. Just, I mean, Q-Tip had that way in the 90s, especially the early 90s, of just that that fat, fucking, sharp drum beat with some weird, jazzy, 
kind of loops, but this kind of forfeited all that and it was a more it was a more modern production, which I mean I understand. It came out in twenty sixteen, but it's just not what I wanted. And it's not a bad record, but yeah, it's it, it fell flat for me and considering how many guests they had on this one, I mean Kendrick Lamar, Jay Z, I mean it was it was a star studded cast on this record and it just it's not bad, but I, I'm never gonna go back to it. It was cool to listen to because of the the status of this band and what they what they contributed to hip hop. But otherwise, yeah, I'm never gonna go back to this one. So okay. I don't even have a banger on this one. I, I really Whoa. don't. Yeah, I, I it all kind of bled together. I, okay, okay. I just couldn't do it. So that's my number six. What do you got for number five? Brutal. So my number five is we got it from here. Thank you for your service. There's six album. It um it got really good reviews too. I think that was like everybody expected that to happen when it came out. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's it's nice, but it's kind of unfair because I, I don't think it's as good as the reviews say it was. But I do think it's really, really good. It's a perfect blending of '90s hip hop and then like the new guard of hip hop of, of like like you said Kendrick Lamar. But then then you've also got like non hip hoppers on here. That are that are mm-hmm. throwing down stuff, and I think everything just just blended really well. And I think this is a fucking banger of an album. I think it's so good. And I, if I see this in the wild, I will buy it for sure. Even if it was new, I won't I won't buy it on Discogs or anything because I don't think it's that must have good. But yeah. I would buy this for sure on the vinyls. Like the track with Andre Three Thousand, banger of a song, absolute banger of a song. My yeah, my favorite, fine. my favorite is is enough. It, the the song called Enough. It's like the last song, I guess, on the first side, but it's just uh, it's just Q-Tip and Jerobi, and it's it's dude, it's super smooth. It has this crazy, super heavy bass line, but it's like it's slow. It's slow. It's melodic. It grooves. They go back and forth. It's almost like they're just talking rather than rapping, and it's just it's it's like damn, do they still got it after all these fucking years? They can still do it, and this album is really. Like obviously, it's really important to the tribe discography because it's their last one they did. It's the one they 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 were doing when Fife died, and so it wasn't done. So Q-Tip had to like kind of take over and decide whether or not they were even going to finish the album. And after just many mm-hmm. years of speculation, and, and the band didn't want to come together, and they eventually did come together and decided to write an album. And then like he fucking dies, and that's yeah. just like that's it's this is an important album. It's emotional. There's a lot of songs on here. Songs are very long. That one's like over an hour long, and it's it's yeah. really really good. I, I I think it's fantastic, and I'm I'm more of a I have I have a higher tolerance for 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 new rap post like 2010 than you do. So I think <laughs> oh yeah, you do. For yeah. that's probably why I like this a lot because I mean this would be higher in my rankings for sure. But I mean I, I come on, the top four is untouchable here. So that's yeah. that's why it, that's why it stands here. And, and there's no way the love movement is higher than than your next. The, the next one out of your mouth should be the love movement. Otherwise, we're gonna stop this one tonight, right now. <laughs> so yeah, we got it from here. Thank you for your service. Number five. Uh, so my number five is the love movement. Like you said, fifth record came out in '98. This is uh, they had been using uh, what was the the group that they were using the Uma or something like that. Uma. Uma. That was the Uma. Okay. Uh, this is you know with Jay Dilla. I mean, I didn't even realize Jay Dilla was a part of this group prior to this week, and I feel so stupid. 
because I, I love Jay, I love the Donuts record. You know that he all those beats that he put out. Yeah, it's so fucking good. And, yeah, but I never I never realized he was this close to Tribe and literally within like a production group. I thought that was super fucking cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, much like you, I think this is kind of like it's not a bad record, uh, but it's I'd much rather listen to the, my top three. I really just my top three. That's that's all I need and. By the time I've listened to three tribe records, I'm good. I'm I'm full. I'm full of tribe. I don't need anything else. <laughs> and uh and that's kind of where this stands. There's really nothing bad about it. Um but there's nothing remarkable and I think it's only because I haven't listened to this record more than once. Like I I know I could pick out more if I if I gave it subsequent listens and that's why I don't have a banger on this one. That's really the only reason why because I I need more listens. But otherwise, I think it's a it's solid it's a solid output. Much like I mean, we got it from here was really good, but it wasn't what I wanted from Tribe. But this one is what I wanted. But I I do need more listens. It's not as raw sounding as the first three records. Um, because I think honestly, I think it's because he collaborated or Q Tip collaborated more with a production team rather than just using his own stylings. But uh, but yeah, that's my that's my number five is the love movement. Not bad at all, but I need more time. So, okay, more time. Yeah, what do you got for number four? Number four is our album of the week, Midnight Marauders. Is it really that low? No way. Yeah. No. Oh man, that's so disappointing. I wouldn't have done Midnight if you. Dude, uh, Midnight's fantastic. It's, it's fucking fantastic. Right? What are you talking about? My top four. I swear to God, I could. My 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 number one. I wouldn't. I'm surprised because I I never gave it a lot of listens, but but my number one as of now will never ever change. But two, three, and four easily could go up and down. Absolutely. Oof. All right. All right. So my dude, I can't believe that. I wouldn't even. I do. Why didn't you? We literally decided last minute yesterday that we we're gonna do midnight. Because I've, I've, I've heard these I albums rather, before. Like, I've heard all of these albums before. I would have rather have done your favorite than done Midnight. Dude, Midnight's so good. Like, they, it is. It's, it it's is. a fucking game changer for hip hop. It's, it's, it's an amazing album. There's way too much to talk about just for Midnight alone to even worry about it. Oy. Oy, oy. All right. So, uh, so my number four then is uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life. Fourth record, Night from 96. Um, it this is when they kind of had where the like kind of the the split had started with with Fife Dog and and Q Tip. Uh you know, Q Tip had converted full on into Islam and he had started the whole production team with Jay Dilla and I, who was the other guy? I can't even remember right now. For who the Uma? Yeah. Oh, it was it was Q Tip, uh Jay Dilla was and it, then the Muhammad guy. Ali. Was it Mo- uh, Ali Muhammad? Yeah. Okay. I thought that was another like native tongues or something, but anyway, uh, yeah, this is like, this is the kind of, to me, this is like the beginning of the end for tribe. I mean, they had put out three absolute fucking bangers and then this was him was Q-tip bringing in other guys. Like I, like I just said before, when I talked about my number five, you know, to, to work on the production and it suffered a little bit there and the back and forth between Fife and Q-tip was so good especially on midnight. I mean, it's remarkable how good at what good that was, but there is a, definitely a disconnect on this one, but it's still really good. And this is another one that I need more time with. I really, really do. And I don't have a banger off this one either. 
because I don't want, I can't give it a fair shake until I give it more listens. Okay. And I'm totally down to give it more listens. Right. But I, my top three, I have bangers from all three of those. Uh, but yeah, this one, I just, I need more time. So that's my number four. Mm-hmm. So what do you got for three? Number three is Beats, Rhymes, and Life, baby. All right. All right. This is, uh, I've only heard this album once. And I just, I've never, ever come back to it because I've always just come back to their last or the first three. So I, this is, this one like really surprised me. It was, it's similar to low end theory and sound, but it's, everything's like intensified. The free flowing, like lackadaisical nature of tribe that's, it's over. We're done. This is very dark in tone, very dark in sound. And it's, it's really cool to compare this to low end theory because there's a lot of the same sounds and even rapping styles but the vocal inflection is just way more aggressive here. And like overall, it's a hard record, very much of the mid-90s hardcore rap, gangster rap of its time. And it's it's cool because these guys are still are still taking things from their contemporaries, but also keeping true to their sound, keeping true to their nature of what they started out as. And like at times it's it's violent, but it's still very elegant. And they like they they hooked up with Jay Dillon, formed the Uma. And this record showcases just a wide variety of sounds and production. They throw back to their earlier sound and even sample their own music from Low End Theory, which is super cool. But then they intensify yeah. what they want from that sample. And I think this is just... This this record, above all else on this week, surprised me the most because I had no idea that this was... I didn't know the Tribe could be this aggressive. And, and this was crazy aggressive. And I love this record. I think it's so goddamn good. I don't have a banger though because I I I don't I I couldn't pick out one song that I thought like wow this is it this is the song I think overall it's just I don't know it, the tone of this really got me yeah it, like I said in my bottom three there are no standouts but it's it's something you have to listen to as a whole to really get it to really truly understand it yeah like sometimes That's you you, you you listen to a record and you think like oh wow this song is really really fucking good. This is one that mm-hmm. I just listened to, and after it was over, I, I was like, damn, that was that was like a good you know, 45, 50 minutes. That was solid. What the hell? And I didn't even, yeah. it didn't even feel like it was like 45, 50 minutes. It felt like it was over super quick, and this is unbelievable. This is an unbelievable record. This is like their, this is like their, their, their diamond in the rough here. This is a hidden gem that doesn't ever really get talked about because, I mean, again, obviously, their first three records are just, God damn, you're untouchable. So this one kind of gets gets like tossed to the wayside. All right. So that was your number three. Number three. Now my number three is the Low End Theory second record. Uh, this one obviously a departure from the first of People's Instinctive. In that it's not as like I don't want to say goofy sounding, but it's not as lackadaisical and not as just kind of swingy and just it's it's more upfront than than i expected uh the tones are deeper it's it's a more serious of a record and and kind of what i was reading too the the way that q-tip produced it was very different he decided to take more challenges upon himself and and really kind of add more uh dynamic and more just kind of low end really i mean that's really what it comes down to he he really went for a more bass driven album and that's kind of what we got on this one and i i think it's i i mean Really, my top three could could be interchangeable, and that's why I had been questioning you up until yesterday evening. Like, what album should we do? Because I went back 
and I just I couldn't figure out which one I liked more out of these top three because they're they're all they all they're all so good in their own way and uh and yeah that low end theory is it's a solid fucking record and my favorite song off this one is what and just because the lyrics are just so fucking stupid um but the <laughs> song's like a little bit more fun similar to their first record and <laughs> i guess th- there was one line in this in this particular song that i liked a lot and it's what is what if you don't wait wait I wrote it down, but now I don't remember how it went. Yeah, oh, just fuck. yeah, you, you gotta wrap it. Yeah, yeah, wh- uh, yeah. I can't even try to wrap it, so I'm not even gonna try to do it. But I wrote <laughs> it down, and I'm like reading it now. It it, does, it does, makes no sense, but when he wraps it, it in the song, it's really fucking good. Anyway, I don't know. I think lo- the Low End Theory is a really good record, and dude, I'm totally down to buy this on vinyl. And but it's expensive. Oh. It's like forty bucks. It's an expensive it's a, it, one. It is a pricey one. It's my number three is the low end theory. So what do you got for number two? Number two is their first, People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm. Their first album, 1990, baby. Talk about like a fucking debut album. We're, it's just, this is, this is so stripped down. This is like, this is almost just as if somebody just was rapping and then decided much later on to add a couple of samples here or there. That's how much it's stripped down. But when you listen to it and you kind of get into it, you realize that it's extremely complex for being a stripped down sound. This is, yeah. it's, it's incredible. The, these, these are just a bunch of guys from like fucking Queens that were already kind of friends with other established hip hoppers like the Jungle Brothers and De La Soul who are insanely great in their own right. But now they, they released this thing that have some of the, most iconic hip hop bangers of all time. It's 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 mind boggling. And this this album's over an hour. It's fucking it, nuts. Th- this is the one that we were gonna do to begin with and then we we changed it. But this is yeah, this is over an hour long and at no point on this does it become boring or dull. Everybody is is just I I don't want to say like lazy, but they sound like they're just kind of just kicking it. They're just kind of yeah. hanging out, just kind of grooving, just just kind of chilling, just just not taking anything seriously, but also have something to say. And mm-hmm. for this, I don't know, for this production-wise, this is coming out in the early 90s, and this is paving the way for, I mean, just countless hip-hoppers. There would be no Kendrick Lamar had it not been for an album like this. And I love Kendrick Lamar. So they would yeah. just, this, this is this is so important to hip-hop that it's it's, it's still beyond its time. It's progressive, way beyond its time. I have, I have literally nothing negative to say about this album. I think it's goddamn near perfect. I agree. I, I agree with you on this one. It's, it's too fucking good. It's way too fucking stupid. Good. My, my, my favorite track is "Can I Kick It." That is, I think that is their best song. That is absolutely their best song. I think it's, it's. That's it's hard to argue. It's like it's honestly one of the best fucking hip hop songs of all time. Like it really is. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Like we talk about, you know, duos of, of Andre and, and Big Boy and, and all these other rap duos and all just in, in hip hop in general. Any any two people singing or, or talking on one track, the way they both blend together is is unreal. It's it's not even just like they all they both have their own individual style, but they're not so far from each other how, how andre is so far from how big boy is how one is super smooth and one's like very obnoxiously 
nasally almost like Andre is, but like Fife and Q-Tip are very similar. There's just a little nuance to them that make them different. But again, yeah. when you listen to it the first time, like Can I Kick It? And dude, over the Walk in the Wild Side song by the, 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 the bass line by Lou Reed. Yeah. My God. Like it's just, it's, it is unreal. I cannot, it still gives me goosebumps to think that somebody can produce a song that sounds like Can I Kick It? It's so fucking good. <laughs> and I still, to this day, I know like every single word to the song. I can sing both verses damn near perfectly. Really? I love it. Absolutely. Holy shit. Okay. I mean, you're you're more of a hip hop man than I am, but damn, I'm surprised. Fucking love this. Surprised. Love it. It is great. It is great. So that's your number two. People are yeah. distinctive. All right. Well, uh, this is also my number two. Uh, this is uh, this is the the perfect combination. This is a good introduction to what I feel conscious hip hop were was to become in the '90s with Wu Tang, with Jedi Mind Tricks, with MF Doom a little bit later. Um, you know, this this was the beginning of it because it, it it still held with like the old kind of golden like '80s golden age, but it was just it was so different. It was very it was very very different from that. It was it wasn't as goofy as say like Fresh Prince and and I, that's a bad example because he was just straight up goofy. But I don't know, man. It's just it's hard to, for me to explain because I'm not I'm not the biggest hip hop guy. And I'm slowly kind of learning and getting more into it and really, really enjoying this style a lot, especially 80s and 90s hip hop, I think is is just unreal. But because I have not spent a lot of time with it, it's hard for me to kind of articulate what I'm trying to say. Um, but People's Instinctive, this record, originally we, we wanted, we were going to do Midnight Marauders. And then I was at the gym and I threw this record on and I was just blown away by this. I couldn't believe how fucking good this first record was. And then the low end theory came on. I'm like, Oh fuck, I really want to do this record on the pod now too. And then midnight Marauders came on and I thought, do we got to do this one? And that's why there was so much confusion as to what we were going to end up actually doing on the pod, which we're going to end up doing midnight Marauders because their first three are just so solid, but still very different from one another. And, uh, I just, I love the goofiness of this first record. Uh, my favorite song is, it's it's a toss up between the two singles, you know, "Left My Wallet" and "El Segundo," and "Can I Kick It." I think the, they're just they're just so equally goofy and and just fun. They're just really fun hip hop songs, especially "Can I Kick It." I mean that that is a song that I've always known about and I've always heard, you know, through various mediums throughout my life. But um, but yeah, this is this is really a solid record, and I would love to have this on vinyl and. I, I really want to listen to this record more. I think this is truly an amazing record. This could easily be my number one, but because I spent so much, as much time as I did with Midnight Marauders, I got to put this as my number two. So mm, mm, mm. that's all I got. Oh, and also, I don't know if you noticed, but, or at least I, I think I heard on Left My Wallet and El Segundo, there's a sample he uses that sounds almost identical to the guitar riff in Sugar Ray's Fly. Go back oh. and listen to it. Go back and listen to it. There, there's one. There's one. I don't know what the sample he uses on it, but it sounds a lot like that Sugar Ray song. It's a Chambers Brothers sample, but I wonder. Is, it, is that what it is? Yeah, I mean that's that's okay. a, that's a sample that he uses. It's a Chambers Brothers song, and we know the Chambers Brothers via yeah. vinyl collecting. They have that yeah, fucking one killer psychedelic soul album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's no, I I I didn't I didn't pick up on it, but I will listen to it again. 
Yeah, definitely. When when you listen to it, think about it, and you'll you'll hear it for sure. Honestly, like I'm in the I'm in the the probably the minority here, but I left my wall and also and it was like my for sure my least favorite single they've ever put out. Really, and it's probably like my least favorite song off of People's Instinctive. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's just something about it. Like I like I like when anytime anybody in, in just in life ever brings up Elsa Gunno the city, I will always quote this 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 tribe song. But I don't. I'm not a huge fan of the song. I'm really not. I don't know why. I think it's uh, and that, eh. what what I thought was so weird because I didn't really know much about the group prior to this week. Because of this song, I thought they were an L.A. group. Mm. But, you know, obviously they're from New York, from Queens. Yeah. So why would, I mean, <laughs> writing a song about El Segundo is, I thought it was, it was fun. Different. Yeah. It's a good song. It's so fine. that's what I got for my number two. What do you got for number one then? Well, I mean, if you've been following along, kids, my number one is The Low End Theory. This is their second yes. album, 1991. This is stupid, stupid good. This was produced by Q-Tip. Five had just found out that he was like diabetic, and he was like, he was contemplating leaving the group. Like they were going to be done forever. They kind of reconvened. They agreed to step up their game as a whole. Fife even like said, "You know what? I want a bigger role. I want a bigger hand in the music." Q-Tip stepped up his game and production-wise. I just felt like this one had a massive focus on the low-end bass parts of the beats, and contrasted with softer, higher jazz riffs. And that this was coming from like very complex bebop styled jazz instrumentation. The low in theory itself revert, refers to like the low bass frequencies on the album. It's super low. It's extremely bass heavy. A lot of double bass or stand up bass being used. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like the, the rhyming done on the downbeat to help further accentuate that lower bass end. I thought this was, was unbelievable. Both Q and Fife were like on their game individually but were greater than like the sum of their parts. Together, they formed this perfect contrast to each other. It's it was it's dude. It's seriously comical. It's stupid. I it, yeah. Like high pitch to the lower register, faster to the other slower. Like it's just stupid fucking good. It's unbelievable how amazing this album is. And I go back to this one the least out of my out of the three out of their first three albums because mm-hmm. I I don't know, I just maybe it just never clicked to me. It just never occurred to me that this is this good. And so normally if I listen to Tribe, for, um, obviously Marauders is, is the one I listen to most because we have in the vinyls, but then mm-hmm. People's Instinctive I listen to second most because that has, that's you know, that's their first album. It's fantastic. It's damn near perfect. But Low and Theory really, really surprised me, really caught me this week in a way that I've never, I've never heard it before. But um, my favorite, dude, my favorite song is The Scenario. It's a banger of a song. It, <laughs> It, it drops in with its hook, like right off the bat. Features Buster Rhymes in one of its his earliest recordings that helped boosted him up into the spotlight. It's, it's it's a banger of a song. It's so stupid good. It's so fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. God, they are they are a really fun band or group, I should say. Even though they they talk about some more every once in a while they talk about like a more serious issue, but overall they're pretty fun. Not comical, but just straight up fun. I'm, that's cool, and I had no no idea that Buster Rhymes was this involved with Tribe. That's oh, he's lucky cool. Tribe had him on. Yeah, that's so Fucking that's super lucky. rad. Dude, he's so good. Every song that he does with Tribe is just it's uh, it's 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 like the best shit ever. He's so goddamn good. He's good on his own too. Like he's a fucking fantastic rapper. Great oh, career. Yeah. But damn, dude, when he because he's so he's just so good at rapping. He's like one of the best of all time. Just at like the rapping aspect of music. Yeah, his he, flow is unreal. 
but you put him on like a tribe album where he's just so like go 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 and they're like um, slow down a little bit like it's just that kind of contrast like i want i want i want people to to experiment and then be new with working with somebody that's completely opposite of the way they normally do things and low end theory man this is this reminded me almost of like the checker yed era of the beastie boys how that was just like <laughs> fucking so different than what the beastie boys had ever done low end theory yeah. kind of reminded me of that it's just very it's just very bass heavy. It is. Damn, this was. I a good think it's album. great, man. I, I want to. I'd like after this week. I'm so much more into this group. I mean, like you said, I've always we've always had we've had Midnight Marauders for a long time on vinyl, and I listen to it pretty often actually. But after this week, I just I can't get enough. They're they're too fucking good. And Grace Grace had People's Instinctive and Low End Theory once. On their on their Fridays, and they were, um, I think they were like earlier pressings too, and I don't think they were going for that much at the time, and so I I went there I went there early too they open at ten and I was like I'll get there at like eight forty five because that's like plenty of time I'm gonna stand in line for an hour to pick up two fucking albums I can hear on Spotify for free but if I get there an hour hour early I'm sure I'll be the first one to pick it up and sure as shit when I got there that fucking guy who all who was always there and he always every time there's good hip hop oh, he's guy. always there. Always fucking there. He's posted up in his chair. He has a little coffee. He's reading a book. I knew. I knew he was there for the tribe stuff. And I was I, I was like, hey, what's up? Like, are you here for the tribe stuff? He's like, yeah. So are you going to buy both of them? He says, yeah. Sorry. So that's all right. So I went home. <laughs> so I fucking went home. <laughs> Missed I would have done the same thing. Yeah. God, dude. I was so bummed. That guy, I mean, I've never seen him. I've never met him, but I hate him. I fucking hate him too, but he's a really cool dude. But I really, I fucking hate him because he always gets the good <laughs> shit. Like, I, and I asked him, I said, "What time do you get here?" He's like, oh, "I just got here." I'm like bullshit, you got here. You probably got here like six o'clock. Well, fucker, <laughs> when it's still dark out. Yeah, <laughs> shithead. Oh shit! All right, so that was your number one, is the low end theory. Yeah. Uh, so that Midnight Marauders is my number one, obviously. So, uh, stay tuned for the main episode because we're gonna get into that record and break it down and all that good stuff. So. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Listen to the other episode. Rate, review, and subscribe. You know, iTunes. Give us five stars on Spotify. And uh, you you know the drill. So mm-hmm. that's it. That's all. Five dog.